Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined again by Dr. Storsbach. Thanks for being on the show, Dr. Uh, Storsbach. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And as always, it's our mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. And so on today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, one of the symptoms uh, that is often associated with migraines, and this is nausea and vomiting. And uh, there are people that have uh, cyclic vomiting cycles that we that we see in the clinic. Uh, for the majority of our patients, they will experience nausea that accompanies their migraines. And uh, if it gets bad enough, they will uh, experience vomiting. And so it's it's a very debilitating aspect of migraines, and it's something that a lot of people say is, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's one of the more debilitating symptoms they might have or just the, the discomfort of being nausea, nauseous all the time um, is something that they would love to see go away. And so we're going to try to understand that better. So we're going to dig into a couple things that uh, relate to the neck uh, that are, um, I think, going to shed some light on why someone with migraines would experience this uh, nausea and vomiting. So, Dr. Storzbach, let's just start out with uh, how common it is, and maybe uh, you know what we see clinically, uh, some some cases that we've seen in the clinic here. Yeah, so this is extremely common. Um, the stats show between sixty up to ninety-five percent of people with migraines experience nausea, and between fifty and sixty percent of those people will vomit during an actual attack. So it's extremely common, and we see that exactly here in the clinic. I would say those stats seem spot on as far as the clinically what I see in our patients. And it is one of those side effects and things that just like migraine pain alone is debilitating nausea and vomiting really is like kind of the next worst thing. So when you have both of those things, it can just feel absolutely terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So as a frame of reference, um, we've, we talk about this a lot, but there are a lot of things with migraines that people think uh, this can't just be a neck problem, and this is one of those where if you, if nausea and vomiting is a substantial part of your experience when you have a migraine, just understand that um, that's something we see uh, often, and this is something that gets better uh, in a lot of our patients, and so this is not something that we are going to discuss and say this is outside of our realm or this requires medication or um, you need to consult with with another provider. No, this is something that we feel very comfortable and confident in treating. And uh, so what we're going to do is dive into the why, um, why working on your neck would help and, and why uh, this happens with a neck problem. And so we're, we're not necessarily going to dive into the neck problem itself because we've done that quite a bit on the podcast. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and, and want context for what this neck injury is, feel free to go back and listen to uh, one of our earliest episodes is our most listened to, most downloaded, and that's uh, the most overlooked cause of headaches and migraines. And that'll explain the neck issue. So what we're going to do is jump from the neck issue to how this affects uh, the vagus nerve. And we've talked about the vagus nerve before, but um, Dr. Storzbach, kind of walk us through uh, the vagus nerve, how that can connect to nausea and vomiting and why that's even important to consider. Right. So I started kind of this research on just, you know, why, why are people or what are, what are doctors telling people why this is happening and what they'll say to people as well it's called gastric stasis it's just a fancy word for your stomach 
kind of going on pause. Um, and what it causes is just delayed stomach emptying. And that makes food sit in there longer than it should, which obviously can cause nausea and vomiting. Um, and so I wanted to peel back that layer of like, well, why does the stomach go into a pause? You know, other than it being caused by the migraine, it actually seems like it's caused by vagus nerve understimulation or the vagus nerve not firing like it should. So the vagus nerve is one of the 12 cranial nerves. That means they're in our brain stem, uh, brain area, and they come down through the neck area and then go into different parts of our body. And the vagus nerve is one of the most complex and largest nerve. It's called the wanderer, um, I think, in Latin. And so because it just goes in a lot of places. It feeds down um, into our esophagus, into our stomach. Um, It helps even like the stomach valves that are supposed to open and close to help with food moving through. It is kind of in charge of all of that. So um, if you kind of think about, okay, gastric stasis, why again would this occur? I would argue, well, because the vagus nerve that runs from the brain into the neck is not, is either being compressed too much and therefore not signaling like it should, or there's something going on there where Uh, Again, the signals are not getting to the stomach, and then therefore it causes the nausea and vomiting. Yeah, so we're talking about proximity. This vagus nerve runs very close to this uh, problem in the upper cervical spine that we talk about in the upper part of the neck. And so proximity is is important to understand. And I had a professor in PT school that uh, said the best clinicians are the ones that understand their anatomy, and I didn't quite get it at the time because I wasn't in the clinic, but I do understand now that understanding the anatomy of the body, uh, when we're looking at these problems as, you know, dysfunctional ways of moving and the tension that builds up and then what what's near this area that can and likely is impacted. Well, the vagus nerve runs uh, right alongside the upper part of the neck. So we talk a lot about C1 and C2. Well, this rotation, this loss of rotation, tension builds up in C1 and C2 in that area. Uh, and so there's there's a really good chance that there's compression. There's sort of a mechanical force on the vagus nerve that is uh, preventing it from firing properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why why do we want the nerve to fire properly? I mean, it, it has connections to the GI system and... Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of what what specifically is its role? Well, so the vagus nerve is part of the autonomic nervous system. It splits. Um, we can think of the autonomic surf, surf, nervous system as two parts. One is the fight or flight, which we're all very aware of, that stressful fight or flight sympathetic. And then the vagus nerve is essentially considered the parasympathetic, the opposite or the brake pedal to that where we can rest and digest and relax. And so... Um, that's huge in and of itself, but we also need it to be able to fire again. Actually, it helps control heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, um, lots of things. And so we need those signals to get through. Otherwise things, again, will try to compensate or go a bit haywire and then things will happen such as nausea, vomiting, or a migraine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it, uh, it has a, it's sort of like this balance that our body has. And, and if, um, if our central nervous system if our autonomic nervous system is imbalanced, uh, then we see all, all types of things that can happen. And um, this is, it, it does sort of logically, uh, I mean, we, we can follow this line of thinking and, and as providers say, yeah, that, that actually does make sense, where you start with the tension building up in your neck. 
and that tension impacting the vagus nerve as it runs through the upper part of the neck. And, and that sort of vagus nerve is not, uh, it's not that it's, uh, directly necessarily like causing you to vomit, but it's what it's not allowed to do, which is sort of, um, continue to impact your GI system. And so with, without the vagus nerves input, um, that's when, when we see this gastric stasis or sort of the slowing down and, and that's, that's what's believed to be associated with the nausea and vomiting. So, um, and then this also is sort of, and I thought this was really interesting, um, when you talked about how the two hour window with medication, and this is sort of what they're thinking is happening. Right. So, um, yeah, if you take medications or especially an abortive medication for your migraines, you know that they will hone in on saying, take it as soon as you think you're going to have one. Now, there's a reason for this, because if you take it too late and that vagus nerve has stopped firing towards the GI tract and you go into this gastric stasis, well, that means it also won't absorb the medication. So you've missed your window. Um, And I also thought it was interesting that triptans are very commonly prescribed, but they, one of their side effects is gastric stasis, which is too bad. Um, but all of this is also one of the reasons that we now have multiple types of medications um, as far as their deliverance, meaning they now have nasal sprays and now have injections because they're trying to bypass the stomach and still get the medication um, to work. And, but I do just think that's, that's the reason, you know, they say take it on the onset, otherwise it won't work is because of this gastric stasis. Yeah, just just another thought here. Oftentimes, when we're working with patients, uh, something we'll see early on, or or as their treatment goes on, is that they're they'll feel like their medications are more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and this could be one of the mechanics where we're reducing the amount of tension in their neck, which sort of allows their vagus nerve to function, which then allows their GI system to function well, which mm-hmm. allows them to ap- actually absorb the medication that they're taking in and uh that that could be one of the mechanisms behind like hey this this feels like it worked whereas before it didn't and we hear that all the time mm-hmm. yeah i just had someone come in the other day and go well, you know i did have one headache but normally i would take something not it wouldn't touch it and actually this time it, it went right away and to me after just one visit like that's a win that's that's great. right right yeah our takeaway from that is not yay keep taking medication <laughs> right. but like yeah let's keep this process going right. because um, we're seeing some benefit here. So, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of you listening at home are thinking, yeah, that, I mean, if my, even if my medication worked, I knew I could rely on it and that would help. That would, that would be enough to, uh, yeah, that would be motivation enough to go through uh, this process of having your neck work done. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like I said, our end goal is to get you off of medication altogether. Uh, but really interesting to know that. This neck tension can affect your GI system and how we absorb uh, or a lack of ability of absorbing um, meds. So I love that. I mean, this is just like bringing clarity to so many things. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're all about is uh, education empowerment for people with headaches and migraines. And almost everyone with headaches and migraines that we've interacted with is like, yeah, I I have no answers. I have no idea Mm -hmm. uh, what to do or where to go. So even this understanding it is super helpful. And then what we're going to do a little bit later is talk about uh, some of the, the remedies uh, for nausea and some simple things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we want to hit on anything else with the, with the vagus nerve? I mean, 
Well, I think today it's obviously all about the GI tract and yep. nausea and vomiting, but it is just important to remember, again, its impact across the board. It impacts your diaphragm and your breathing. Um, it increases or actually helps decrease inflammation, which obviously everyone wants to decrease their inflammation. And like I talked about before, is like that heart rate and blood pressure can also help manage. And so it has a wide range of effects. And to me, all of these things can be impacted on a headache and migraine. So it's a, it's a nerve that probably it, uh, we should continue to sing its praises and understand better because I think it has a, a wide range of effects on people with migraines. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and just to hit on like a little bit of the history be, behind us, uh, well, not us specifically, but us in the community of healthcare providers, um, I found an article that said in the, in 18, in the 1880s was the first time that they found that manual massage or compression to the cervical region could suppress seizures, seizures and affect, uh, it's an effect that's attributed to the um, stimulation of the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. And uh, since that time, uh, we, you would think there'd be sort of a m- more robust, um, uh, yeah, line of research in this direction. But for the most part, um, what we've come to is what we keep reading over and over is, is manual stimulation or sort of an electrical stimulation approach. And they can do that internally where they uh, sort of surgically insert a device um, or externally, so more of a topical stimulation. And um, and we're, we're, as a clinic, we're actually looking into products that can provide that, uh, that stimulation because obviously what we can do is, is more of a manual stimulation, but um, the FDA has approved a device, it's called GammaCore, and it's kind of a, a topical electrical stimulant. And so when we have patients that have vomiting cycles, um, those can be difficult things to pull them out of. And so if we have something where when they feel one coming on, they can use this to stimulate the vagus nerve. Uh, we love that because it's it's not medication. Uh, there's really very, very few side effects associated with it. And when it's understood and, and used in a proper way, it can be really helpful. And so we're, mm-hmm. we're sort of looking at that and kind of excited about that. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about how people, uh, what, what they can do at home to remedy this when they experience nausea and, uh, or, or maybe a vomiting cycle. Um, what are some tips and tricks? The first kind of easy thing um, is ginger root. And that's just actually been around for centuries and is as actually well researched that ginger can be effective at calming, you know, the GI system down. And so you can take that in tea form and supplement form, even simple things like ginger ale, which we've probably heard from our grandmas growing up, like, Oh, your stomach's upset and <laughs> drink some ginger ale. Um, even essential oils can be um, helpful. And there's like some anecdote, anecdotal people saying, Oh, if I take fresh ginger or ingest an essential oil of ginger, again, at the very first sign of a headache or migraine, it can actually be very effective. So that's one thing. Um, you can also try peppermint or menthol. And again, that could be in tea form or essential oil form. Um, and that can be helpful for nausea. I thought this one was interesting, vitamin B6, um, which is actually commonly used amongst pregnant women um, because obviously they have a lot of morning sickness and there's a lot of things they can't take, but vitamin B6 is often prescribed for that. Um, And other things, you know, acupressure points, acupuncture has been shown to be helpful for this. 
Um, and then just obviously do a little like health check on yourself. Make sure you're not super dehydrated or you, you've kind of eaten regularly because sometimes dehydration, low blood sugar can, can play a role too. Yeah. Those are all, um, very simple things. I mean, I, I love peppermint tea. It's one of my favorites. Me so, too. Uh, Moroccan mint. Very good from yeah, Trader Joe's. Totally. <laughs> easy, easy to do. Um, and some of these things, as you read them off, people might be thinking like, oh, those will never help me. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, that very well could be true. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what we want you to take away from this though, are just, uh, if you haven't tried these, like do try them and, uh, just understand that if they don't have, um, a profound impact on your nausea and vomiting, uh, that they, they should have some effect, um, or at least they're beneficial, even if you don't feel it. <laughs> It sounds strange to say, but um, I would say continue to practice this where you, you know, you try all these things. Uh, but the other thing is oftentimes we see people that have s- symptoms that are severe enough, kind of like we talked about earlier, that uh, they don't necessarily respond to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we work on them, they, they will get to the point where they will respond to these types of things. Uh, I have several patients. Uh, one gentleman comes to the top of mind where uh, when he first came to see me, he was miserable, he was dizzy, he was nauseous, and he had migraines um, frequently, and nothing would help. And um, we, I've gotten to a point where um, he can manage them just like with a, a cup of coffee. Um, and so that that is a huge stride in the right direction for him. Um, but what we want is to sort of provide our, our patients with this sort of information um, so that they do have some tools, things to equip them at home. And, uh, and as we go through treatment, they, they can start to see like, oh yeah, I, I have some control over these symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, just using these sort of simple, uh, approaches with whether it's vitamin B6, peppermint tea, um, or yeah, just ginger root. I mean, th- these are very accessible. So I love that. Yeah. Any other, um, any other thoughts on uh, nausea, vomiting? No, I mean, I just, I know from a personal experience when I used to suffer from migraines, um, I had a lot of nausea and I, only three times did I get to the point of actually vomiting. But I, I specifically remember those days. It's been years and years and I could still like take you back to that day because it was so horrible. And so if you're out there and you're like, I am this person, please come see us. I really think we can be very helpful for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just know that the nausea, vomiting uh, can actually be a symptom like in isolation of other symptoms or even head pain. I mean, these vomiting cycles, often, sometimes patients will have uh, vomiting cycles separate from any sort of like head or facial pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do see that every now and then. It's it's a little bit, um, those are less common just because it's it makes uh, more sense to sort of have head or facial pain or neck pain and come see us. But we know that there's people out there that are, that have this vomiting cycle. Um, and, and we really want to help you because mm-hmm. we know how, um, well, we don't, uh, Dr. Dorsbach might know a little bit more personally, but we understand how, um, debilitating this can be. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this, this is, uh, everything that, that, uh, we sort of can, uh, compile to connect 
headaches, migraines, to nausea, vomiting. And uh, for uh, myself, just going through this research and understanding it better was really helpful. And so I hope for you, the listener, that you also found this helpful. Mm-hmm. hope it brings clarity to you as uh, I would imagine you have not heard this information before. And then some practicality, too, of like some take-homes or, or here's uh, one or two things I can try. So um, that's what we try to accomplish on each of these podcasts. Uh, this is the Headache Doctor podcast, and uh, we are on a mission to empower you, the listener, uh, who has headaches or migraines to break free from this life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening. 